Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast. This is where we get comics, pop culture, and sports. And get ready for quite possibly a little bit of all three of those today. Is we're going to be, you know, we're going to get to what we get to. But we've got a little bit of a grab bag uh, planned today. Uh, joining me today is Craig Needles. How's it going, Craig? Well, thank you. All right. Good to have you back. Um, so, you know, like I said, we'll get to a few things uh, here. Uh, mostly sports talk with you, I think. And then uh, some, some pop culture stuff at the end if we got time. Um, but... Uh, this is, after all, I believe the, in terms of you and I are, are, are sad, sad, degenerate gamblers, Craig. And I, I would say that the last two weeks of July and first bit of August, slim pickings for degenerate gamblers such as you and me. Yeah, there isn't a whole lot unless you want to bet on baseball. And, well, yeah. I may be a degenerate gambler, but I'm no Pete Rose. No, yeah, uh. you, you just, you cannot... Here's the thing. I, I don't know. You just you cannot bet on individual baseball games. You can't do it. Individual baseball games are too random and yeah. nothing like, makes honestly, sense. Honestly, there's no difference and... between betting on individual baseball games yeah. and betting on red, blacks, and roulette. It's basically yeah. the same thing. Yeah, it's 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 it does not matter. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, like, we'll get some, you know, super math guy. Like, obviously, the super math guys who are able to figure out their, their formulas and get it down to one one digit and, and you know, they, they track all the... Yeah, but I don't even think they can do that. Like, for, yeah, for yeah. football, yeah, you can do that. For college basketball, of course you can. I just, I just don't mm-hmm. even think the most brilliant of math people could figure out any sort of formula uh for betting on baseball that runs any better than what's this team's winning percentage and what's that team's winning percentage and just hope oh no one's winning percentage is better than 60 okay like you know know, like especially yeah especially for this season too right where there's like five teams trying in each league right like yeah it's it's not basically the entire national league central is trying Mm -hmm. uh three teams in the al east and then two other teams in all of baseball yeah and a lot of the guys (laughs) who do the super uh the the way they the, the baseball guys who have the like the super brilliant mathematician statistician guys in English um, who who do that sort of thing and they've got their super formulas and in, in their spreadsheets and everything the way they make their money is they kill everybody on the fantasy baseball websites right they kill everybody on the uh, on, yeah. the, on the daily uh, the daily fantasy websites that way doing baseball right because they're they, they figure out they're like okay here's what should be the perfect team and then they go and they they scoop all of the fantasy baseball because uh those like daily websites are are all like won by the 1% players, right? So, and those are all the geniuses with the mathematicians. Now, that said, since we've been talking a little bit about uh, baseball gambling, uh, why don't we check in on our MLB bets? Um, sure. See how we're doing. Uh, I'm about ready to take a bath on this season, I think, Greg. I don't know. Like The two bets that I actually placed significant money on are doing mm-hmm. quite well, but let's talk about the ones that we did yeah, on this yeah, podcast. Okay. Oh. Um, well, first off, number one with a bullet that I suggest every year is the under on whichever team won the World Series. Uh, for that one, this year, it was the under on the Boston Red Sox at 97.5. The Boston yep. Red Sox currently have 51 and 41. So can the Boston Red Sox win 46, sorry, 47 games uh, going the rest of the way? I feel as though the under's in a pretty good spot there. Yeah, that's a little over two-thirds of the They have to win a little over that, two, yeah, two, two-thirds yeah. of the games they have left. I, I feel like we're looking pretty good there as far as the under. Um. Yeah, I, I I feel like we're there. The Reds, I mean, their bullpen is atrocious, absolutely atrocious. Um, if they had any sort of like, I mean, we'll talk about like, you know, the Craig Kimbrell holdout and that sort of nonsense. If they'd have just forked over a little bit for Craig Kimbrell, honestly, they might have five or six more wins right now and be past the race. It's possible. Yeah, it's anyway. uh, Pythagorean wins and loss on baseball reference to have them at 52 and, and 43. Usually teams with mm-hmm. bad bullpens are the ones that underperform True. those numbers because they wind up losing close so they're games. Not, they're not underperforming as much as... as yeah, but still, the bull, like, yeah. if, you look, if you look through the guides that have been pitching a lot in mm-hmm. that pen, uh, they have been pitching... Poorly, like exceedingly mm-hmm. poorly. Oh, so bad. You, yeah, uh, like uh, Brandon Workman's been great. 
Mm-hmm. Brandon Workman's been great, but other than that, it's been a whole I mean, lot like of media. Barnes and Brazier were, were just absolutely atrocious, yeah. and and yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Talking uh, about putting like, Nate Eovaldi in the in as the closer when he gets back from from his shoulder thing, right? So yeah, you can't start. And they gave a lot of money to a guy who has shown one thing over his major league career is uh, he doesn't really stay healthy all that much, except mm-hmm. for that one time that got him all that money. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. I mean, um, it's weird with the Red Sox. 22 and 25 at Fenway, Craig. 29 and 19 away from Fenway. Yeah, it's bizarre. bizarre. Um, Very bizarre. Uh, Raphael Devers is a superstar. Oh, absolutely. I think he's uh, crushing our beloved Blue Jays as we speak right now. <laughs> that sounds like something he'd do. Yeah, so I think he's got a few uh, yeah. RBIs Yeah, today. The, the offense for the Red Sox has been uh, has been tremendous. Yeah. Uh, Bogarts has been uh, a superstar. Betts has not been as good as uh, one would suspect Mookie Betts might be, but no, the offense has been great. Mm-hmm. I had the Boston Red Sox. We both did, actually. We both had the Boston Red Sox as a wild card team, uh, and it's looking like, I mean, it, it's not impossible that they uh, – that they get a wild card, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that the Boston Red Sox do not make the playoffs. As uh, that a... would be my suspicion yeah. as well. That said, I don't think they're that much more or less likely to, well, they're less likely to get it than Oakland because Oakland's mm-hmm. red hot. And they're three and a half games ahead, but like they're, they're right there. The angels, the Rangers, Cleveland, there's, there's it's like six teams for two spots essentially, because I think that the twins, Yankees and Astros are, are, are long gone. Even though Minnesota hasn't played well lately, they're going to be fine. Uh, the twins, uh, Yankees and Astros are long gone. So there's going to be six teams in the American league vying for two spots in those, in that wild card game. You mentioned the Oakland athletics. They were one of the teams that we had as, or uh, perhaps I had, I don't want to necessarily put this on you. Uh, I had their under at 88 and a half, yeah. 85 and a half. That looked not bad. Two and a half weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now, now that's a little concerning. Yeah. Uh, obviously eight and two in their last 10, 55 and 41. So that means Oakland's got to win exactly 31 games left. So that basically means they got to play 500 ball the rest of the way. Yeah, order, and I feel like that's of. that's that's highly likely to occur. Yeah, I uh, so I, you know, if they got to play 500 ball, obviously I'm 50-50 right here more. Yeah, or less. well, I mean, obviously I th- not. That's not exact yeah. science, but um, I feel like I'm not looking well in that one. If I if I had to choose as of you, I would having this conversation. That. Yeah, it's a shame. Um, let's head over to the National League. Uh, can we talk about one more American League one first? Of course we can. Because the well, well one of uh, well, actually both of my significant investments were American League. One right. I uh, made a significant investment in the Minnesota Twins over, which mm-hmm. uh, I, I've uh, like again they haven't played great lately, but there was a time when it looked like I may have that done by the middle of August. Yeah, uh, uh, and I still may. Uh, uh, what was their uh, over under? I think it was 82. 82, yeah. So you're They're sitting at a cool 58 right 58 now. Wins. So yeah, that is feeling pretty good. <laughs> real smexy. What was the other one? Uh, was was your big boy? Uh, Houston Astros to win the American League. Oh, uh, yes. Pennant. The pennant. Okay. Uh, which I, I feel as though uh, the Astros are going to be a team that becomes even more dangerous in a short series than they are in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Because like, oh yeah, it's a five-game series. How many of the games are started by Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander? Yeah. Four. Four, exactly. Uh, right, yeah. Like, <laughs> feeling pretty good about that. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I feel... Um, like, I, I understand the Yankees have played well, but I, I there's nothing that I've seen for the first uh, almost two-thirds of the season that would make me feel as though the Houston Astros are not the best team in the American League. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to win the AL, but I feel pretty good about their chances. But, I mean, like, the two teams that have been the best in the American League are unequivocally the Yankees and the Astros. Neither but of the those... Twins are, the Twins are... Twins are there, yeah. true, yeah. But I would say neither of the Yankees or the Astros have been completely healthy the entire season, though, and they're Correct. still somehow yes. uh, pulling this off. Now, with the Astros, it's obviously depth, 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 depth. It's the Yankees. It's... Turns out they've got a bunch of star players all over yeah. the diamond. Same thing with the, the Yankees, Yankees. It's the Yankees. It's just random. Like, hey, yeah, Giovanni Urshela is a superstar right now. Why? Yeah. <laughs> nope. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, Picked him up in the stupid, fantasy league. And... <laughs> yeah. Stupid, stupid things like that. Yeah. Just remember, he was barely. He wasn't even a major league player for the Blue Jays for the last Blue year. Jays, no. He was not good enough to be in major league baseball last year. And no. this year, like, he's cooled off a little, obviously, because Giovanni Urshela. But this year, he's been a star. Mm-hmm. That said, um, 
if someone were to look back at the 2015 Blue Jays and circle, what the hell happened with Ryan Goins in August and September? Hey, wait a minute. Why was Chris Colabello like one of the better hitters in the American League true. that summer? Yeah. Like, so like, you know, when you're a good team, stuff like that just happens for you. It's true. Yeah. It's infectious. Good baseball yeah. is infectious is, is what it is. And sometimes you just get guys who go on a hot run at the right time mm-hmm. if you're going to be a good team. Uh, the last American League team that either of us placed money on was I showed a little faith in the Chicago White Sox, Craig. Um, faith is being rewarded so far. So far, 74 and a half hmm? is their over-under. I feel under. pretty good about that number. Yeah. They're sitting at 42. Yeah, they're sitting at 42. Uh, been unlucky, I think, in in one regard. They've been terrible away from, away from uh, Chicago. Uh, which is what's killing me. But I, I I, still feel like I can get there on that one. They need uh, 33 more wins the rest of the way. So that's like another kind of 50-50-ish one there, I think. But uh, I, I, I feel like... I feel like I, I they, they, got, they need off. 33 they need 33 wins in yeah. uh 70 something games. I think you're doing I think yeah, I think you're doing pretty pace. good there. I'm on pace. Yeah. yeah. Uh Pythagorean uh wins and losses would mm. tell you that the White Sox have actually uh, overperformed um, their their run differential. Mm. Uh, now the White Sox run differential in the not Lucas Giolito games mm-hmm. has been ungood. <laughs> <laughs> uh the ERA pluses of their non Lucas Giolito starting pitchers if you do not mind. Yeah. 82, 77, 67, Ooh. 77, 89. I mean, that is not good. That story checks out too. Ah. If you if you look at the names in that Red Sox rotate or White Sox rotation, yes. right? Like, yes. Story so checks the, out. the six guys for them this season that have started seven or more games, those are the ERA pluses, and uh, yeah, none of them are good. Like Lucas Giolito sitting at a cool 143, so he's been great. Uh, the non-Lucas Giolito players. Have been terrible. Yeah. Uh, head over to the National League. Uh, we were both very high on the Phillies, and we got in on the Phillies early, and we had the Phillies over 83 wins. I think we placed that. Did we place that bet before Bryce Harper yes, was in the Phillies? Yeah. Precisely okay. why? Because it was it yeah. jumped up like 15 or something after, or like yeah. at least 12. Like I remember it was mid 90s. So we have the Phillies at 83 over. Um, 49 wins. I mean, I was expecting a little bit more, but, uh, still feel like they can pull that off. I, I feel like, like the Phillies are going to finish above 500 at least, right? Which would put us in the range yeah. of, of clearing this, um, bet, right? Yeah. And, uh, your Pythagorean, uh, wins and losses for the Phillies would tell you that they are, uh, sitting, uh, actually a little ahead of where they should be. The Phillies, I feel like there's a, is a team that's going to try to make some improvements here <clears throat> yeah. as far as the roster goes. Because uh, they've got some guys who have, like Scott Kingery, who looked like a disaster last season, has been great so far this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look at, uh, let's talk about OPS pluses, which I know some people don't love as a stat, but just give me a second. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, other than Hoskins and Harper, no one who's played, and Kingery, no one who's played regularly for this team has one above 100. Uh, like Gene Segura has been fine for shortstop 92. Real Muto has been fine for catcher 96. But uh, I think it, w- they, it would have been reasonable to say, hey, we expect a little bit more on offense from some of these guys that they're not getting Harper included. And, and then you look over at the rotation, and Aaron Nola had been not quite to Aaron Nola's standard from last year, but he's been, he's been good. Uh, the rest of the rotation has been mediocre, um, just average. So there's room for improvement here based on some of the names. Like, is it possible that Jake Arrieta is better the rest of the way than he has been to start this season? Yeah, I know that he's not everyone's favorite dude right now in Philadelphia, but I think that it's quite possible that he's better. Um, and there's a few other guys that I think you could uh, you could describe that way. Plus, I think that this might be this is a team where uh, you might see uh, some improved uh, some improved bullpen work going down the stretch because I think they might go and get somebody. Cincinnati. They, like just about every team in the majors that's contending, needs a starter. True. Yeah, very true. Uh, Cincinnati Reds, um, we like them to outperform their over-under this year. They came in at 77. We like the over. I know I love the over on the Reds 77. I, I invested heavily in it. AA, 43 wins right now. They're seven games below 500. Little disappointing, I would say, for me. I was I was hoping they'd be around 500 this time. This, uh hmm point of the season but i don't think that one's dead they got over well the, the th- remember i remember yeah. saying on this podcast the one thing you have to be concerned about with the reds is if it starts poorly what if yeah. they go into total sell mode because they've got a bunch of free agents on the roster i don't think that's what's going to happen here mm-hmm. 
Definitely. So yeah, that, that's a plus yeah. for me. I like we're not de- I'm not dead in the water here with the Reds. I just need one good week from them, really, right? Like one, yeah. one, one, like six and one week sort of a thing where they. Yep. Uh, and they, this really is the team where their Pythagorean wins and losses. Pierce would tell you they should be fifty and forty-two right now. Oh, so I'm getting unlucky with. This yeah, game. you are. You are unlucky yeah. so far. But as we've seen yeah. in the history, uh, obviously the most famous example on this podcast would be the 2015 Toronto Blue Jays, where they were 500. They made all those trades, and everyone's like, ah, oh, they're better than that. And yeah. they obviously were because they played about 700 baseball the rest of the way. Yeah. Um, the Reds. One, another good one is going the other way is my favorite famous San Francisco Giants bet from from that exact same year. 20, when yeah. I had the Giants under and they were at like 63 wins at the All-Star break and won like 10 games over the yeah. back two months of the season. And it was like, yeah, what the hell but, is but, but yeah, that yeah. was one of those ones where like, OK, this is due to even out the other way. Yeah, yeah it did. <laughs> um, yeah, the Reds, things are definitely due to even out the other way. Yeah. But uh, as we've discussed, teams that uh, are in those spots usually are teams that have uh, uh, questionable bullpen work. Mm-hmm. And the Reds actually been OK. Um, and the starting pitching has been mostly fine, too, mm-hmm. uh, especially because and Gray. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, they, they just need to score a few more runs. Yeah. Um, it'd be nice if. You know, Yasiel Puig would uh, pick up a little bit. He's been he's been fine, but mm-hmm. it, 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 okay if he's better. Nick Senzel, I think, is a guy who might have a big second half. Uh, so yeah, and Joey Votto has an OPS plus of 94, and I understand that Joey Votto is 35 years old, mm-hmm. but that is not typically his number. So maybe there's some improvement to be had there for him. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, Washington Nationals, Craig. You and I both expressed belief that even though they lost Bryce Harper. Uh, we were very much, uh, I believe I was touting the old Bill Simmons Ewing theory as far as, uh, as far as the Nationals went. Uh, I took the over on 88 and a half, and they got 50 wins right now. So 39 wins the rest of the way. <laughs> it's doable. I mean, it's, it's crazy. I'm looking at all of these, and I'm like, eh! You know, like, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, that's the thing about these baseball bets is yeah. like, unless like other than like, you know, hey, I, I want the over of Minnesota getting 82 wins. and They've got 58. Yeah, most exactly, of these right. like you still don't really know until later. That's right. The thing. But usually we've we've uh, when we've made these bets and I guess that's probably a symptom of, of this 2019 season where there's only uh, 10 total teams trying out of the yeah. 30. Uh, and perhaps I should have suggested that we, although I believe we did suggest it when we did our Major League Baseball over-unders was, hey, maybe not bet on 2019 because there's only no. like 10 teams trying, but here we go. We're going to try to do it anyway because uh, we're degenerate gamblers. Uh, this is one I think I'm going to lose. Uh, I took the under on the Milwaukee Brewers, Craig, at the exact same 88 and a half. So, and they've got... That one's going to be right on the line, I think. That one's going to be right on the line as well, because they've all... It's the exact same thing, except... Uh, it's the exact same spot as the Nationals, except the Brewers have got four more losses than yep. the Nationals. So you would think that I'm technically kind of, sort of, right there with Milwaukee, but uh, uh, I, I think the Brewers are also going to buy at the deadline, <laughs> too, and, and really get after it there. So I'm not... I'm not uh, super excited is, is, is how I'll put it. Yep, that's fair. This one I'm tentatively excited about right now. This is this is the last one, Craig, because you remember I have my infamous uh, Chicago Cubs middle uh, where I have the Chicago Cubs under 93 but over 88 and a half. And they're currently sitting at 52, which is, I think, right in that sweet spot right now that I need them to be in. Where if they play just like a little over 500 ball the rest of the way and end up with like 91 wins, uh, that can I can middle the Chicago Cubs and pretty much salvage my MLB 2019 betting season. So, knock on wood, yeah. that comes through for me. <laughs> uh, the the Cubs are are a mystery to me. You look at the roster and you're like, why isn't this team better? Yeah. Well, the road record is – it's the home and road splits are, are ridiculous. I mean, you just look at 34-17 and 17 at home, 18-27 away from, away from Wrigley. Like, it's, it's just mm-hmm. – they're, it. they're atrocious on the road. That's really all it is. But uh, you, you go into the old, the old Ivy there, and they just start destroying teams. Um, before we move on from baseball, uh, what are your overall – thoughts on the 2019 Toronto Blue Jays so far, Craig? 
a lot on the 2019 Toronto Blue Jays. They're worse than I thought they would be. Yeah, they're coming around. Obviously, they've been one of the hotter teams in the last month. They're coming around, really getting after it. Uh, like They've been smashing the crap out of the ball. Uh, I just... I, I When we walked into this season, I think we were ultimately hoping that it would be... that. that we probably weren't going to see them win a lot of games, which has, you know, come to fruition. But we kind of expected that, you know, once Vladdy gets up here, once, you know, Bo Bichette and Calvin Biggio get up here, you know, we'll have some young guys in there and, and we'll watch them knock the crap out of the ball and probably lose a lot of, like, seven to six games and, you know, six to five games, that sort of a thing. And I think over the course of the first two months of the season, that was not true. It was a lot of boy this is painful to watch and and but I, I don't know over the last month they've been what kind of what we expected them to be would you say yeah i think that's uh that's not unreasonable they're about to get worse because i don't think that marcus stroman and ken giles are much longer for this team no I, but I'm, uh I'm scared right now that this ken giles our shoulder thing is not gonna he's apparently to available it. tonight so good oh, okay yeah. Woo! <laughs> uh yeah, Giles, I, Giles having this all-star season and us and the Toronto Blue I say us like I'm on the team. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays not being able to trade him because he gets a shoulder injury like a month, like a week before the deadline or whatever. Classic Toronto, right? Like just yes. classic Toronto. That it very much would be. Mm. Um, yeah, I um, I don't know. They've been fine. Like yeah. it's I, I like uh, you you like I'm Biggio better than thought. Uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. has been yeah, uh, has been really good. Up, right? Yeah. 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 So you know if those guys are building blocks going forward, that'd be uh, that'd be great. Absolutely. And maybe they can get some stuff for Stroman. Maybe they can get some stuff for Smoke and for Giles and for Eric Sogard. Uh, the possibility that uh, and I think Andrew Stoughton brought this up on Twitter. Maybe it was mm. uh, Drew Fair Service. Uh, we have to have a conversation about the possibility the Blue Jays get more in a trade for Eric Silver than they did for Josh Donaldson, which is just really neat to think about. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, that's, uh, that's that situation. Um, well, we can talk about Speaking of Josh Donaldson, the Atlanta Braves, 58-39, and 39, right? They've been, yeah, they're – like, I don't – like, I understand that, the you know, the Dodgers have been awesome and the Dodgers are great, but mm-hmm. I, it's, it's, I see no reason to believe that – the Dodgers are that much more likely to win the National League than the Braves are. I know, and in fact, I think that that's going to be our. Uh, It'd be a nice NLCS, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah, I had I had the Atlanta Braves in the wild in the wild card matchup against uh, Washington, and it certainly looks like they're going to win the division. So yes, uh, uh, yeah, they're six up right now. Yeah. Um, no. that'd be uh, that'd be a nice NLCS. I'd watch that. Yeah, that'd be very good. Um, are you? What side of the coin do you fall on as far as trading Strowman? Because I'm, I'm, I think if you to ask me when we did our uh, when we did our preseason bets podcast, I think I would have been more in the camp of trade him. And I don't know. I'm looking at it now, and I'm like, unless you're getting this just absolutely fantastic haul, by the time. It just, it just to me it feels like extending him is 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 the right move at this point in time for the uh, yeah for for the because if you look at if you look at the way uh, the roster should like the way the roster should uh, unfold in the next four three four years would be right around the time you're going to need like a Marcus Stroman guy as, as yeah now as he's going to be a little older than but pitchers age better than position players yeah um. And no, to me, yeah, I, I like you. The way that let, let's look at the Cub and Astro examples of, oh yeah, this is how you build a roster. Is you find if you find a bunch of hitters in the draft and uh, you're you know scouting Latin America and all that stuff, and the Jays appear to have found at least a few hitters, and that's great. Uh, they're probably going to have another high pick. Well, not probably. They certainly have another high pick coming up in the next season's draft. Um, so you hope you hit on those. And then you go out and find other ways to get some of that frontline pitching. The Astros traded for Garrett Cole. They traded for Justin Verlander at significant cost. And the Cubs signed John Lester. Uh, are the Blue Jays going to have as much ability to recruit free agents as the Cubs did, as the Red Sox did with David Price? Is Rogers going to be willing to pay those free agents? I'm not so sure. So if you have a guy that wants to be in Toronto and is in Toronto right now, perhaps it's not unreasonable to say, okay, let's see if we can get you to stick around Toronto long term. What kind of dollars does it take to get that done? I, un- like, 
I, I'm not passionate enough. I, I love Strowman, and I, I think he's a great pitcher, and I'd love to see him play for the Jays for a long time. But if they move him, I would understand it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, I, I think I agree with you on, on that perspective, is that I, I, I would ultimately, as long as the trade is good, right? Um, I would ultimately. I would think it's going to have to be based on the fact that, like I said earlier, just about every team the majors needs a starter. Yeah, well, obviously the rumor that has been uh, kicked around is Marcus Stroman to the Yankees for Clint Frazier and a couple of their top prospects, right? Which, like, yeah, I think they, I think they honestly might be able to do better than that. Which, yeah. I mean, God, one would hope so, right? But. Uh, yeah, that that's the one that gets kicked around the most. And if that's the case, I would like I don't know. Clint Frazier is I'm not a big Clint Frazier guy if I'm being perfectly honest. Seems to be like irritating everybody in New York and New York doesn't exactly uh, they don't have a history of trading their prospects and having their prospects come back to burn them. So uh Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Um anything else you want to talk about uh baseball wise before we get No, there? no really. All right. Um Let's briefly talk about, because there's not much NHL talk going on, but I don't think we are legally allowed as a podcast that is based out of Southern Ontario to talk sports without me at least allowing you some time to discuss Mitch Marner real quick. Uh, Where's the Mitch Marner panic meter at for Craig Needles these days? Like two, maybe? Yeah. If that? I mean, it's... Is he missing training camp? In your opinion, what it, like is is? I don't, it's it, it's hard to say, but I'm not even gonna th- like honestly, him, Line A, mm-hmm. um, my boy Rantanen still isn't sure. Yeah, camp, right? like, like uh, yeah. Kachuk hasn't signed. Yeah, uh, Kyle Connor isn't signed. Charlie McAvoy hasn't signed. I think that this will be the summer where, other than Sebastian Ajo, for mm-hmm. obvious reasons, yep. the big restricted free agents. I don't think we're gonna see get into camp for a little while now. Yeah, and. God, I just ah, <laughs> I think both of our teams have a shot, man. They should really be getting this done. I just no, yeah, that... no. Honestly, I don't. I truly and honestly don't care yeah. whether this gets done in late September or on July sixteenth. I truly okay. and honestly, like now, if it gets into the regular season, season and close yeah, to the regular that's... season. That's a different conversation. That's the fear that I have. Now, where would the panic meter be on that for you as far as, like, do you think that I, this drags into October, November, I'd December, have to see like what Willie? both sides are saying before I start really thinking too hard on that. Yeah. Um, I think that both sides understood that William Nylander's season last year got derailed and never got on track because of what happened. Yes. Um, that would be the fear for me with Miko Ranton and as far as the, as the avalanche. Because I, I don't know, the Avalanche got a chance to have a real special season next year too, yep. and I, I just I would hate to see the same thing happen well, when Rantanen gets off to a slow start because it's you know he doesn't sign till mid November or some garbage, right? Uh, I heard Elliot Friedman say it like this might be the year where one of these guys mm-hmm. just misses the year. Yeah, they get to December second, there's no deal, and that's it, and they go play in Europe. This might be the season where that happens. God. I truly hope that that doesn't happen here's what i would suggest to you though though is the thing right i'm just like sitting there thinking god are you gonna spend any of this (laughs) right you know know, now they might be in the thought process it was not dissimilar to the lease from last year because remember the way that these rules work with the salary cap and there's a formula here Mm -hmm. william nylander's cap hit last season was 10 million bucks going forward it's in the high sixes somewhere Mm mm-hmm so you're thinking to yourself, oh, wait a minute. If we have a big high cap hit for rent in this coming season, we have all this room. And then going forward, it's the heck of a lot less. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know what I mean? It's a, a, it's a different so, conversation. So you think they should front load the deal like, they did with, like the Leafs just did? Yes. Okay. Now, yes. Now, I'm not saying they should. I'm just saying that that's an option that's not a, a, a disaster for them. The Leafs, on the other hand, that option existed last year. It certainly does not this year. So... We'll see. And I think the Le- well, the Leafs also kind of are in the now. I don't know much about uh, who Miko Rantanen's agent is, but it certainly seems like uh, it certainly seems like Mitch Marner's got a little bit of a maniac dude. Uh, well, maybe pulling the strings for him. Yeah. Uh, maybe the dad's a maniac dude. Uh, either way. Well, it also well there is the track record of Darren Ferris, who's uh, Mitch Marner's agent, doing yep. a thing where it's like. His his move seems to be 
to attack the organization and drag the organization's name kind of through the mud. But that sort of thing doesn't work in Toronto with the Leafs, obviously, right? Like, that might work if you're negotiating in Columbus sort of a thing. Like, his his thing always seems to be to turn, like, the player against the city and the city against the player is a means of a uh, negotiation tactic of some sort. And it's uh, backfiring quite profusely. Well, so far and he, Mitch what, what Mitch Marner, I think, has to realize is mm-hmm. his long-term earnings not just on ice but off ice earnings yes are so much more significant playing for the Leafs and for any other team mm-hmm. he will be the most popular leaf for the next 10 years which looks as though they might be a very successful 10 years he will likely be the most popular leaf because he is from ontario mm-hmm. and uh, that he's i don't think he's going to be a better player than matthews but i could see him being a more popular player than matthews and like being the most popular leaf when the team is good Doug Gilmore and Wendell Clark still dine out on that. Like, that's like, you know, yeah. those guys still make money off of that being, you know what I mean? Like, it's, so mm-hmm. I, I think that Marner is smart enough to realize that situation. Uh, what I'll say about Rant and his agents, Mike Louis, uh, okay. and his co- his clients include Leon Dreisaitl and Vladimir Tarasenko, both of whom have had, I'd say, relatively significant restrictive free agent to mm-hmm. uh deals signed in the past, so I, I think that we might have a situation where uh, um, and team's looking to sign a big deal, but I suppose we'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's tough to say. I mean, they got JT Comfer locked up today yep. to a pretty nice little deal yeah, there. Fun. Four for 14. Uh, so we also has Line A, by the way, which that to me is one of the more interesting ones because mm. I think that both, and this has been said before, but it just it makes logical sense. Both Line A and the Jets should be okay with, all right, we'll just do a two-year deal and move along here. They both should be okay with that because Line A is far better than he looked last year. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, God, what a weird year he had. It was either like, basically he would have like seven goals in five games and then he would disappear for weeks. It was just a weird, weird uh yeah, for, for and uh, then yeah. I think he disappeared for most of the second half. Like, yeah, it was a, and I, I think we'll, he had a couple I, of goals in that playoff series against St. Louis. But yeah, yeah, I think we'll look back on the on the 2018-2019 season as like I, I would place money that we'll look back on the 2018-2019 season uh, as pe- one of Patrick Laine's probably two worst seasons of his yep. career. So I think maybe, maybe, maybe the worst. Um, it'll, be an, it'll be considered to be an outlier. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it'll be considered to be an outlier, and he scored 30 times. Exactly. Right? So yeah, yeah you know. <laughs> So we should all be so lucky. Um, um, the the Willie Nylander number change happened the other day, Craig. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I'd say the, the the bad half of, of Leaf Nation. I don't even know if it was the – I truly don't know if it was the bad half of Leaf Nation. I think just like two idiot Twitter people on Twitter said yeah, it. It was just the two. Yeah. yeah. Because I don't know. And then, like... that, then the rest of the reaction was people being angry at those two idiots, and that was okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Like, like – I like, And honestly, <laughs> I could not fathom having an opinion on which number William Nylander wears. I, I can't – on any, any guy. Like, like, why? Who cares? What, like, yeah. what does it matter? So Who now, cares? the one thing I will say is, like, you know, jerseys are effing expensive, and yes. uh, yeah. that is absolutely the case. But then they become collectors' items. Then like, they become collectors' items. And Neilander tweeted. Yeah. Neilander tweeted, and I yeah. don't know if he is actually paying for this. Yeah. Team is just paying for it on his behalf. But he said, yeah. "Look, you bring a jersey to Real Sports, I will. Uh, it'll get. Uh, they'll do a, a recresting for free from twenty nine to eighty eight, and I'll pay for it. Yeah. That. So, like, okay." That's the only reason I would like have any sort of discouragement as far as changing numbers goes. But, but I honestly didn't even care. If I owned, if I was a Willie Nylander fan and I had a twenty nine, I would just still show up wearing the twenty nine. Yeah. Who gives yeah. a shit, right? Like, is somebody gonna is somebody gonna take umbrage with the fact that you're wearing a Willie Nylander, an outdated Willie Nylander twenty nine? Like, who cares? <laughs> like, I just don't get. LeBron James, for God's sakes, uh, next year is switching his number to uh, back. No, down he's to, not. Back down to six. No, uh, he's not. Well, well he's got to wait a year, right? Yeah, yeah, but well, Nike's saying, like, no, happening, yeah, it's no. late. But yes, yes, it will yeah, happen. it's happening. And the only thing is because Nike told him, "Go fuck yourself." We have too many. <laughs> like, yeah, we've, we've made too many of these, so yeah, we're, we're not we're here. not throwing them away. I know you're LeBron James, but we can buy and sell. We're Nike, and we can buy and sell forty LeBron Jameses. So, like, one more year with you, good sir. Back out there with with twenty three. Um, 
so yeah, it, I I don't know. I just I truly cannot fathom caring about changing a number. And then he switched it to eighty-eight, which like I thought that was special because you know me and my my stance as a as a former Quebec Nordiques fan, where my stance is on mm-hmm. Eric Lindros and quote unquote sacred numbers. Yes, like, uh, I think that sacred numbers are basically like sacred numbers are franchise specific True. i don't even i don't even like the fact that 99s retired league wide to me, I don't if, you never, if you never played for, if, if you're not playing for the oilers and you're not playing for the kings i truly don't care if you were 99 i truly yeah. don't I, I i honestly don't and i think someone mm. should have the sack to do it uh, i think a goal no no the, the, the league honestly. has already said you can't i know the league is the league has said you can't which is effing stupid i can't yeah i I, I don't like i don't like league like there's that, truly th- only one number that is sacred, and it only is in one sport, and it's 42 in baseball. In baseball. That's yes. it, right? And that like, goes beyond the uh, uh, thing of playing baseball. It's exactly. Way that. So, that goes beyond yeah. the confines of, hey, that guy was really good, right? Like, yeah, there's yeah. a whole other yeah. social, like, layer and to I, it there, right? Like, other sports, like, and again, I don't think anyone would have the, like, especially a younger player, to guts to show up, you know, oh, yeah, I'm 19. What, what, number, what number do you want, 19-year-old, as you're showing up for your second training camp? Put 99 in my sweater, please. Like, no one's going to actually do that. Yeah. Um, but the, no other, like, you know, you look at uh, you look at the uh, major, I'm not, I, I look at the NBA. They didn't say, like, okay, no one's wearing 23 ever again because Michael Jordan is so good. Yeah. You can't wear 23 if you play for the Bulls. Yeah. Yeah, Which that's makes right. sense. Yeah. <laughs> or 45, I don't think, or whatever he came by. Didn't they, they retire his... His other yeah, my, weird number that he wore for like five games or whatever. Yeah, I think he, he only wore that number at the end of the season that he came back. Like, yeah. Yeah. so anyway. But even LeBron now, this is, you know, just to bring a conversation back to LeBron. Uh, now he did this in, in the middle of the, he made this statement, I believe at the very beginning of the Miami stuff when everybody was just like fuck lebron james right like for starting this super team but like when, when he went to miami he switched to number six and then lobbied that 23 should be retired yeah. league wide and everybody was like no yeah <laughs> right like, and then he goes back to cleveland where it's 23 again so i guess he changed his mind <laughs> exactly right and then yeah and, and now he's lobbying to go back to six or whatever but it's it's just like because he wants to give anthony davis 23 is that what it is yep oh for god's I've got a hot take. I've got a hot take about the Lakers. Yeah, throw it out there. You know I, I love gonna... a hot... you know I love a Lakers hot take. I think they're going to finish sixth in the West. Oh, uh, all right. Well, that's a great segue into. Um, we're a little bit behind on this. It's, we're, we're about a week old on on this thing. Um, Westbrook is now a member of the Houston Rockets. Let's hey, that's one of the five teams that will finish ahead of the Lakers. Yeah, uh, I, I, I do believe that they are. Uh, let me let me look this up because I I want to I want to kind of put in my head the five teams that you think are going to get ahead of the Los Angeles Lakers because I'm going to be honest it's really not it's really not hard to guess in my estimation but no I don't think so but I I just think that in my head I would I would I I don't know and maybe this is me being a completely uh, irrational human being when it comes to the Lakers of Los Angeles um I I just I I would be stunned if it was anything other than an LA LA Western Conference Finals next year I think uh, yeah, now whether the Lakers get to the conference finals or not, I think is an interesting conversation. But I don't think they're like I, I still don't think that they, they they have two good players. Yeah, well, I saw them bringing in Danny Green and, was the yeah. sixth best guy on the t- on the Raptor team that just won the title. And if, he's the third best guy. Oh, well, maybe fourth, but still, yeah. he's the third best guy in the Lakers. And Danny Green would have been the guy who, uh, if in the alternate universe that, uh, you know, thankfully we don't live in that universe, Craig. Uh, Danny Green would have been the guy catching all the heat if the Raptors had lost that game six and then oh, God, yes. seven, right? Like it would yes. have been everybody would have been like, where the fuck was Danny Green during, you know, during the the that uh, Golden State Warriors. He also finals, gave right? that ball away to Draymond. Uh, yes. Gave, like, yeah. Everyone forgets about that now, and for good reason. It wound yeah. up being up. But he would have been the Goathorn guy, right? Yeah. Absolutely would have been, because all he had, if he had just held that ball and got fouled, then they would have yeah. been fine. But Yeah, if, if, if Clay, or Clay, sorry, if Steph sinks that shot, 
And that go because it was it was like if Clay had a sunk that they would have lost right. It was only one point game or Steph, something. Like Steph sings that's a shot. They lose. They go to game seven. Yeah. They and the seven. entire talk for the two days leading up to yeah. game seven is, oh my god, the Raptors gacked that away. Yeah, so, Danny oh, Green. I, I, yeah. I'm incredibly glad I don't live in that universe, especially right. now the Raptors are going to have to do a little bit of a rebuild. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, have we talked since Kawhi signed with the Clippers? I mean, we're we're gonna yes. do all that stuff. Uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do all that stuff now. Um, I mean, obviously I think you've got, the, you would expect the Nuggets to be ahead of them. You would expect the Clippers to be ahead of them. I think the Clippers are probably the best team in the Western conference right now. Uh, I think they're the best team in the NBA. Yes. Fair, fair. Like, uh, I, I, even if, even if Kawhi and West Paul is going to be taking it easy, the Clippers are really, really deep. The West is going to be a heavy favorite against whatever. Like at the beginning, when the odds come out, they're probably out already. But the West is going to be a heavy favorite over the East. I think I you could. Think... I think you could put together an argument that Milwaukee is the second best team. Um, fair, but Milwaukee, I just, uh, yeah. I mean, I just, I guess, I just need to. see. Giannis is going to be better this season. Yeah, because that's the thing. Is that and like, they have the expect... Raptors down two games to none. Like, yeah, exactly. You, know. you expect the guy who was the MVP of the league to last year to get even better. So yeah, there's certainly an argument to be made for the Bucks. Um, the Raptors. Uh, do you expect them to make the playoffs next year, Craig? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess the East is. They have really to be better terrible. than. Uh, seven teams in the Eastern Conference to make the playoffs. Yeah, that's true. I don't understand how they're going to be worse than the who Knicks. Are they, who are Cap- they on? Yeah, who are they on paper? Not better than probably. I think Philly. on it honestly. Philly, on Brooklyn, Philly. No, I don't even know if they're. Like, keep in true. mind that there's Durant's no Kevin Durant. Playing. I mean, Brooklyn's uh, still going to make the playoffs next year. Even yes, I think they will. Kyrie. But are they better than the Raptors though? Durant, I'm not sure. Great question. Um, Great question. Yeah, Celtics uh, probably. I, I think, I, I think all the four Celtics one is questionable. Oh, I do. think they might be right there with the Celtics. Yeah, but like yeah, I, yeah, they're, they're they're certainly worse than the Sixers and Bucks. Yeah, and the other one that I would say, oh, okay, they're like they look good is Indiana. I think Indiana's mm-hmm. made a lot of good moves, and Oladipo's going to be healthy coming up here. Yeah. Um, other than that, I don't think there's anyone where I'm like, oh yeah, the Raptors are for sure finishing behind them. I it like honestly, it really if everything goes like... right, the Raptors are going to get the three seed. It really seems like the four Atlantic Division teams are headed right back to the playoffs. The Bucks are obviously headed back. Yeah. The Pacers are headed back. So that's six teams right there. One of the Southeast has to make the playoffs uh, yeah. based on the way the system works. I think, it, I, I think it's Orlando. Expect, I really? I expected to. I was going to say the Miami Heat might because uh, they're they're still booking for like a Chris Paul. Yeah, yeah, they got, yeah they, and. And they've got Jimmy Butler. And Fair Jimmy enough. Butler. Yeah. So I would expect that said, probably, I like Orlando's. I like Orlando's group. Yeah, uh, I, I would expect either the Heat or the Magic to come out of there, and then actually, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say that both the Heat and the Magic make the, make playoffs, the playoffs, and Detroit and the drops out, and the Pistons yeah. drop out. Yeah, I think that's, that's a reasonable way to look at it. And but the yeah. advantage the Heat and Magic are going to have is that they're going to have a whole lot of games against uh, against Washington and Atlanta and mm-hmm. Charlotte, and mm-hmm. those teams are going to be horrendous. Oh my lord, are they ever? Yes. They might combine for like 60 wins, those three teams. They're talking about three NBA teams that might combine for like 60 wins. Now, Bradley yeah. Beal will probably drag the Wizards to 30 wins on his own. Yeah. And you know what? Still. I think Trey Young could be a guy that makes enough of a difference for Atlanta that they're in a good spot. And Atlanta, like, uh, like Charlotte and Washington, you look at it and the whole thing is kind of crumbling. And you're like, okay, I don't understand how this team's ever going to be competitive again. Atlanta, you at least understand the plan. But yeah, they're not going to be good in the short term here. All right, so give me your top three in the West. I'm gonna go ahead and say you already said the Clippers are one, number one. So who's two and three? Who's two and three for you in the Western Conference? Denver and Portland. Denver and Portland. Okay, so where do you have the Rockets then? Oh, sorry, Denver and, and the Rockets got Portland four, Utah Portland, five, okay. Lakers yeah. six. Lakers six. Okay, and then who are the final two teams that are gonna make the playoffs in the East? You would think the Spurs would be good enough to get the seventh spot. I'm there. not certain about that you don't think so they're i less... love pop and i love the spurs and it's a, and they're running it back with the same group as last year i get that yeah. but i i look at so we've talked about those six in the west yeah and i look at what a couple of the teams in the west have done this off season and i think to myself you well, know, the the Spurs are for sure. Like the the Thunder, you would think are going to drop out of the playoffs. The Lakers yeah. are going to get in. So there's there's the one switch, mm-hmm. but. 
the Dallas Mavericks. If, yeah. If Porzingis comes back healthy, they've got year two Luka Doncic. Like, you're cooking with gas already with those two guys. Absolutely. Um, I like the, the Sacramento Kings. I know that sounds stupid based on the fact they were run terribly for a long time. Yeah. But the Sacramento Kings have some good players. Sacramento Kings honestly can't even be the la- laughing stock in terms of how they're run anymore. It's I think that torch has been passed to the Phoenix Suns. Like I I I really Oh god, yeah. Oh yeah, that, yes. that that's how Yeah, I don't even know which is weird cuz the Suns have been for most of our lives pretty darn good you know they, they had the Barkley run in the 90s and then they you know they dipped a little in the late 90s early 2000s but then they figured their crap out and got to you know the the the, the Steve Nash year yeah where they were yeah, the seven seconds or less sons were one of the, to watch. One of the yeah. great lift teams really yeah oh and and yeah I mean top five top three maybe what if is is what if David Stern didn't just go well the rules are the rules in uh, in that 05 series when Robert Ory body checked yes Steve Nash that right would be, like, the, that would be the what if because if you look yeah. at the uh, the 05 uh, Pistons mm-hmm. team that got to the NBA Finals that team was just like that that series went seven but I think Phoenix would have really took it to him yeah uh, I mean uh, it, anyway and that's that's a weird thing when you really look back on that one because like freaking David Stern suspending Amari Stoudemire for a playoff game for getting oh, a shoelace oh. on the thing. Yeah. It's so weird. That's like, I mean, they're one of the great what-if teams. We talk about, like, uh, we come on this podcast all the time, talk about, you know, how the NHL can't get of its own damn way from time to time. There's no way Bettman does some sort of crap like that, right? Where, like, like when guys get suspended for playoff games, it's when it's, like... You have to do something against the law, pretty much. Exactly, right? Um, like, yeah. Yeah, I... Now, that... Yeah, that's a bizarre decision from which oh, I can't believe I'm saying this 14 years ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was I was infuriated by that decision because obviously I wanted to see Steve Nash win an NBA title, yeah. which I think he would have had that not occurred. Um, yeah, just a bizarre series of events. But yeah, the Suns have been uh, I, I, I and people talked about how the Kings were bizarre and terrible. And yeah, they made some bizarre and terrible moves. But I, the Suns have been this team for me for a, a, a long time, and I know that there's been. <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah, that just Robert Sarver. Like, people talk about the horrid NBA owners. Sarver mm-hmm. to me is as he's as bad as anyone. He's just, he's, I think he might be worse than Dolan. He just doesn't get the press because he's in Phoenix and not in the mecca of uh, Madison Square Garden, right? Like, it's uh, yes, he also no, no, I think he's, un- I, I think he's unquestioned. I don't think there's any might be about it. He's unquestionably yeah. worse than Dolan because mm-hmm. Robert Sarver uh, is remarkably cheap. Whereas yes. Dolan will be like, you know, he'll cut checks. That's yeah. no problem for him. He'll Just cut he cuts them for the wrong people. Is this exactly. problem? Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, like, remember, like during that seven seconds or less era of the Suns, they sold their first round pick a bunch of times. They sold the Boston Celtics the first round pick that was Rajon Rondo for three yeah. million. Yeah, that's like, right. Like, why? You know, what a handy backup for Steve Nash, a guy who could really play defense. Yeah, exactly. Like, right. <laughs> like, like. Ugh. Yeah, so, basically well, yeah. a guy who's well, the opposite of Steve Nash, uh, with the exception of the passing, because they were both very good passers. Nash right. was obviously a better passer, but Rondo was just no slouch. But right. Nash was an infinitely better shooter, and Rondo was an infinitely better defender. Yes. Um, yeah, but I, I just look back on that, and like, so you significantly hampered a championship window with your cheapness, and yeah. now you're significantly hampering the, the chances of uh, of the team being good. Good. Just. Yeah. Awful draft pick after awful draft pick. Yeah, and, and that's and, that's the other thing too. And nineteen point guards on on one yeah. roster. It's just what are you doing? Um, where do you stand? Couple questions on the NBA, and then and then we'll we'll move on. Where do you stand on the New Orleans Pelicans and their chances to make the playoffs next year? I do not think they'll be bad. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, I think mean, they'll be fun to watch. The West is just going to be real tough, man, because, like, I just don't see – because, obviously, I, the only two candidates I have to drop out are the Oklahoma City Thunder, who I think are unequivocally dropping out, and then, I mean, I guess the I guess the Golden State Warriors, but I just I don't I think the Warriors see, make the playoffs. But I do, I do too. Here's, I think here's what I'll say about the Warriors something, is like. just think about this from a narrative perspective because you have mm-hmm. to think about this. If you're thinking about, hey, who's the MVP of the league going to be? Mm-hmm. If Steph has just a season where he's just red and, and he, he has to carry the team for the first yeah. few months, 
And but it'll be easier for him to do that now with the D'Angelo Russell kind of signing there, which yeah. Like, I, I know there's a lot of talk of, oh, the Warriors are just going to flip Russell. And I'm like, I mean, if they do, it'll be at the deadline. But they they also should at least test drive the whole uh, D'Angelo yeah. Russell can relieve Steph Curry. That way he's not playing 42 minutes a game, right? I like, just think that, that there's a chance that if Curry puts in, like, a high-level Curry season, mm-hmm. a great Curry season, the Warriors are right there at, like, the, hey, we might make the playoffs and Thompson comes back and they make it. People are going to be like, oh, Steph, he kept the Warriors in it the whole time. We all thought they were going to be bad, but Steph was able to pull them out of the fire. And people like voting for former MVPs if they have a new narrative. And Steph mm-hmm. obviously will have a new narrative because Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson aren't going to be around. Yeah. I think that there's a very reasonable possibility that Steph Curry wins the MVP this season. Would you like to know what the odds on Steph Curry are right now to win the MVP? Sure. Five to one. I would have thought we would have got better uh, a better number on that. He's got the second best odds behind... Uh, Giannis Anatantkupo, who is three to one to repeat as the uh, as the NBA. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a fine bet, and mm. yeah, I think that like again, that would surprise me zero percent. I'm just saying from a narrative perspective, if absolutely oh, believe with like narrative matters in MVP, in the NBA, let's and that's certainly how, in the NBA. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, that's how Westbrook got his right. Mm-hmm. Like it was the yeah. triple, the, and he, I he have, was a six seed, and they got the triple double yeah. thing going though, right? Yeah. Like, but here, here's why I still defend that. And again, you could have voted for either guy, and I wouldn't have been mad about it. Um, which I know is not how you're supposed to talk about that MVP race, but whatever. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think that the what that franchise had happened to them that summer, mm-hmm. that is the ultimate gut punch in pro sports. Whereas mm-hmm. an NBA superstar walks away from your franchise. Yeah, after you now, if you're coming, a 3-1 lead, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, if you're coming off of a title, you feel a little better about it. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but that they thought they had a chance to – they had this big window, and we've got these two incredible players. And then yeah. Durant uh, – and you look at other franchises where that's happened. The Magic in 1996. Yep. Uh, obviously, the uh, post-2010 LeBron Cavs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the post-2018 LeBron Cavs. Uh, you look at other franchises where that happens, where a guy's just like, yep. you know what, I'm gone, and just everything crumbles. Yeah. And well, Ross says, you know what, no. We're, everyone's writing us off, but forget it. We're making the playoffs, and I'm going to have to do everything every night, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I, I have no problem with someone saying that performance was the most valuable performance in the league because it wasn't just Russ's on-court ability that mattered there, but it was his defiance of the narrative that I think elevated his teammates as well. And yeah, he was playing for a six seed, but like, look around. Like the, the, yeah. the, the, the fact that that team was a six seed was a fucking miracle. So I I've got, I, I have no, like people want to retcon that Westbrook versus Harden thing all the time. I, I, I have no problem with the way it wound up. Anyway, that's yeah. The complete, stat heads are the one who are, yeah. are really, no, I, I get that. Beating that drum, I, I, yeah. I get that. And yeah, Hart, James like, Harden's I, a much better shooter than Russell Westbrook. I, 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 I know that's true. Yeah, I probably uh, would have voted for Harden, but like I also wouldn't have been like, oh, you voted for Westbrook. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, learn, learn, if, read if a spreadsheet. Yeah, you know, like so that, if someone says to me, yeah. I voted for James Harden, my response is going to be, okay, that's, uh, yeah, that's a logical that is, and reasonable vote. Okay, good. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, and if you voted for Westbrook, honestly, same thing. Yeah, that, that exactly. Season. That's yeah. And it was just the I, I, I and I said at the time, and I, I, I still, I still believe, I, I think I would have voted for Westbrook, but. Yeah. I, 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 I would I just have think voted that... for Harden, and neither of us would have been wrong. Honestly, yeah. it was just a weird year, and like the only people who who have done it are like the stat heads who are getting on their high horse and clip clopping up to their ivory tower on top of Mount Pius and throwing spreadsheets down at people who are just like you inferior people. How dare you vote for Westbrook that year? Look at his, and it's just like come on, guys. Like it was like neither vote was wrong. And it just it went Westbrook's way. Um, I'll say this about the Thunder though, um, the the image of James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and Kevin Durant um, coming off the court after losing to the to the Miami dynasty, if you want to throw that word around, thinking that that was going to be the team of the future. The three young guys who are all uh, MVP candidates, two of them uh, MVPs, one guy who's a perennial probably going to be an MVP, uh, we're all on one team. I mean, it was the dynasty that never dynastied, right, Craig? And I gotta say, for the team that 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 stole, fleeced, pilfered, 
the Seattle Supersonics. Looks good on you. Yeah. Fuck. Well, fuck here's you, right? here's here's what I would fuck say about you, that right? stupid thing. And you're right. Yeah. Um, they it was, it was went from the... Seattle, Washington, yeah. to Oklahoma City. And look, I've never been to Oklahoma City. It might be a lovely place. Yeah. But from a perspective of hey, how can we make the most money if we have a really good NBA team? Mm-hmm. Being in Seattle, Washington where there is a whole lot of money. You might have so heard this before, <laughs> but apparently there's a big tech company there called Microsoft. They're somewhat successful. Yeah. Um, Starbucks, there's like, a couple of those. So they were around. obviously yeah. worried about the luxury tax and they made the hardened decision. Yeah. I don't think you would have been as stressed about the luxury tax. Like yeah. if you were, if you were running a team in Seattle. So I think that there's some level of irony that I think if that was a Seattle Supersonics that had those three players, the Harden deal never gets made. Yep. And mm-hmm. I think Sam Presti's a decent GM. I do. Um, people want to rip Presti for the Harden trade, but if ownership says, no, we can't pay the tax, we can't have these three guys making these making big money. Then, yeah, what's, what's then, the guy to then, do, right? Yeah, yeah. then you've got to trade James Harden. <laughs> exactly. Okay? And based on the track records and the resumes at the time, that was the guy you trade. Because yeah. if you traded Russell Westbrook, the people would have said you're insane. If you traded Kevin Durant, people would have had you locked up. Yeah. So you, you and you rightfully so. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like, like at the time, based on the information we had, if you said James Harden's the third best player of these three guys, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, that's a completely reasonable thing to believe. Absolutely. Oh, so, yep. Ah, just either way, looks good on you. Looks good on you, Oklahoma. That's what I say. Um. Last thing on on the NBA, and then and then I want to talk a little Bachelorette before we get out of here. Um, could you expect Harden and Westbrook? Like, do you expect that that's going to work out? Are they going to be able to gel? I mean, there's only one basketball. Are they allowed to play with two basketballs? Not as far as I know. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Yeah. I I I think that if there's a coach that's going to figure it out, that got, that coach is Mike D'Antoni. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know if it will work. But I understand from the Rockets' perspective, even though they paid a huge price, I understand from the Rockets' perspective why they're trying to make it work. Yeah, you got to try to... I mean, Westbrook is better than Durant at this point. Or Durant, sorry. Well, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Westbrook, Westbrook has two functioning than, Achilles. Yeah, true. Well, Westbrook is better than Chris Paul is what I was trying yes, to say. Yes, I, I, I would agree with that assessment. That was a, that was a slip by me there. But I would agree with that. He's technically better than Durant right now, like as of you and me having this conversation right now by yep. virtue of having two functioning legs. So I technically wasn't wrong when I, when I slipped there. But uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's it for uh, sports talk. I I want to just uh, talk about one more thing real quick before we go. Absolutely. Throw it out there. And then we will uh, move along. I just want to read um, from the folks over at, uh, at Real GM mm-hmm. the uh, the picks owed column for the Oklahoma City Thunder for a second, if that's okay with you. Ooh. It's a fun read. Um, 2020 first round draft pick from Denver. 2020 second round draft pick from Chicago. 2021 first round draft pick from Miami or Houston. Most favorable, including Oklahoma City. 2022 first round pick from LA Clippers. 2023 pick swap, LA Clippers. 2023 first round pick from Miami. 2024 first round pick from Houston. 2024 first round pick from LA Clippers. 2024 second round pick from Memphis. 2025 pick slot with the LA Clippers. 2026 first round draft pick from Houston. 2026 first round draft pick from the LA Clippers. So that's good. Yeah, it's good for a rebuild, that's for sure. I mean, they're going to be dormant for a couple of years, but then you never know. Uh, I'm I'm sure they'll be drafting. uh, I'm sure they'll draft three guys that are going to be future MVPs, but uh, two of them will be MVPs on different teams. So uh, yeah, well, we'll repeat the cycle over again, right? (laughs) Like, why the heck not? Oh God. I mean, I guess good luck to you going forward, Oklahoma. It's going to be weird, though, because, like, if you're an Oklahoma City fan, um, this is going to be the first time, really, that... Uh, the team hasn't been good. team hasn't been good, yeah. Yep. And the first time you haven't had Russell Westbrook on the team. Yeah, true. Oh, it's going to be it's going to be awkward. going to be awkward for them uh, next year, I think. Um, Bachelorette, Craig. Yeah, very quick, then we got to go... Yeah, uh, fantasy suites were this week. Hometowns were the week before. I, at the very least, uh, I think we've we've put to bed the, uh, the the argument as to what the greatest uh, bachelorette season of all time is. I think I think we're currently watching it. What say you? Um, well, it's 
if there's unless there's another season where someone says I fucked in a windmill, then yes, this is the greatest bachelorette <laughs> season of all time. Deuce. Uh, <laughs> like, is there another bachelorette season where that was said that I can't remember? I don't know, but, uh, I mean, but no, if, if that's her, not the case, then yes, it's the best bachelorette season ever. That was her Caitlin Bristol um, sleeping with Nick Vial midstream, like in like episode five. That was her moment of of like that, like. I think that was always going to be the argument of, well, you know, like, because the argument's going to be Caitlin Bristol versus Hannah B, right? And if you're in Caitlin's corner, it's going to be, well, Caitlin threw away all the rules and, you know, slept with a guy, you know, in like episode four. And I'm like, yeah, but Hannah had the old windmill line there, right? Yeah. Like, that was her. Like, that was Because you're not supposed to tell people tight. that you have sex when you're on The Bachelor or The That's Bachelorette. True. You're yeah. supposed to spend the night together as a couple in the fantasy yeah. suite. And it's just but they've, they've but it's the last couple mentioned. of seasons they've they've kind of avoided that but for the first yeah. you know however many seasons of the show you're just like you're not you were supposed to like think hypothetically maybe they had sex but now we've got like you know Raven having her first orgasm and we've got all this other Which, Nick crap. Vial Nick Vial's on several podcasts has admitted he didn't actually sleep with her and that was completely fabricated right? oh really I hadn't heard that yeah yeah oh, oh, yeah Nick's well, an honest guy I guess but that's yeah. Uh, that's too bad. I'm fairly certain they completely fabricated that. <laughs> well, I'm like, sure she had a nice time. Yeah, I'm sure she did. Yeah. Uh, Nonetheless, um, yeah. they've they've gone they've allowed the conversations about sex to be a little more specific now, but the 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 windmill line was just maybe one of the greatest things that's ever happened in the yeah. show. Uh, I just, I'm so, I'm, I'm just so happy that it happened. Yeah, I just go into the fantasy suite. I fucked in a windmill, and guess yeah. what? He did it a second time. Like deuce. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> incredible, That's incredible, so absolutely incredible. Uh, the 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 soundbite that will live forever from from this particular season, which is just so good. Um, uh, Luke I, uh, has also cemented it. I think has just absolutely cemented his legacy. As and he certainly did it on villain. Twitter too. He doubled down on Twitter. Oh Jesus! Did he? Oh, oh he didn't God! See that. I yeah, he, it. Did, no. he doubled down on all of it on Twitter. Is he gonna be at the tell-all next week? I'm pretty sure they've said that he is because yeah. I am. I am convinced because I'll say that the Bachelor um, crowd, the tell-all crowds, are usually stoic. I don't know if they're told to be stoic by like the producers or anything like that. That way they don't get like any hard. That said, I'm... production is has had no problem making like. Not that they have had to work hard, but they've had no problem making Luke look like a supervillain. Yeah. Well, I would that's... expect they're going to have no problem just being like, yeah, boo, boo. Cra- yeah. Cra- is Go it going to be Monday Night Raw? Like on, on <laughs> like, like, is, is there going to be a wrestling crowd in there on the tell all next week? God, I hope so. So what did, what did he say on anything, any specifics that, that he said on Twitter about? Uh... No, basically I, I would say that there, there's no way to describe it other than doubling down he and Hannah going back and forth and having a, having an exchange um yeah um it's uh but basically he's saying why are you making jokes about uh about like you know it's one thing to commit sin but you should repent for it it was just it's it's pretty gross stuff but yeah essentially a total double down and needless to say like if you look at the replies like uh to quote uh it's getting to to, to quote the baseball broadcast for the simpsons the crowd does not like this one bit. And here, <laughs> here come the pretzels. Yeah. Oh, God. It was not so a good situation. Because, I mean, like, it, it was honestly the thing that was most frightening to me about that situation was when she was standing up. He was, like, sitting there, but he was doing it in this way where he was trying to, like, physically intimidate her, right? And it honestly made me wonder. I'm like, if this was not... If, if this was a conversation happening in the real world and not in, you know, The Bachelor in Greece or whatever with a bunch of cameras around, if this was just happening in, like, a living room somewhere, I'm like, would this man put his hands on this woman? It it honestly had me wondering that. I, I really did. It it was yep. uh, it was incredibly frightening, and he saw, was like, not didn't seem like a, a stable person, no person at all. And when he went on his like hometown date with him, which was basically like the Luke P propaganda tour, where it seemed like everyone he knew in his small town, including his own family members, were like in some sort of Luke P cult, where like when they literally had every like he was praying, and everybody in this I don't you know I I don't want to use the word stupid, but like yeah, this like 
Bible study or whatever the heck it was supposed to be. Sunday school. I don't remember exactly what it was supposed to be. And they all put their hands on him as if he was like literally Christ himself. And <laughs> like, Oh, the whole thing like, was weird and bizarre. Oh my God. It was, it was at a, it, it was, Oh, so fucked. Absolutely fucked. But yeah, I, th- I think we're watching the greatest thing ever. That the thing, a, a guy who's an actual real life villain, too uh luke p like not just a guy that it's like okay we have as long as we edit this person yeah it's like they can make anybody like they've got the best uh, editors in the entire pl- on but now Earth, luke right? luke is like, taking a twitter to make himself look like a villain so exactly yeah. right like yeah but they've got the best they've got the best uh editors on planet earth they could make anybody look like a villain if they wanted to just like you know a couple sound bites here out of context and play some eerie music all of a sudden that person's the bad guy right and it's it's just mm-hmm. like there's but, a difference between yeah. eating with sinners and sinners who laugh at their sins. Sin is the very thing that put Jesus on the cross, and that's not a laughing matter is one of Luke's responses to Hannah. That's that's a direct quote, eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to love those people that weaponize God, right? Yes. Like, you know, like, that we- Hannah's response, mind you. Yeah. Listen to this. I have never said that I find my sin funny. I'm not going yeah. to I'm not going to be lectured on appropriate emotional responses by a guy yeah. who deli meat in a guy's lap. <laughs> yeah. Hi <laughs> Don't you chat, Hannah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Craig, there's people out there who say that this show is silly. And to those people, I say they have never fucked in a windmill, Craig. <laughs> yeah. You know what? And, here, and you know what? I'm sad to report the following. I have yeah. never had intercourse in a windmill either. And now I feel bad about it. Yeah, something you can put on the bucket list, I think. You know? I guess so. Life goals, man. Life yeah. goals. I hope my children uh, are listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good note to go out on. Uh, crossover podcast available at thecrossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash crossoverpodcast, and soundcloud.com slash crossoverpodcast. We're on iTunes. Please rate and subscribe. Five stars only. And as always, please download, but you do not necessarily have to listen to the crossover podcast. Um, we will not be back next week. We're going to take a week off unless something drastic happens. Obviously, if if Mitch Marner and Miko Rantanen both uh, miraculously sign. Or if they're the traded day, for each other. Or traded for <laughs> each other or something. Oh, my Lord. Could you imagine? Uh, or if they're traded for each other, like what happened last uh, couple weeks ago. Obviously, we'll, we'll, we'll throw up the bat signal and, and come on. But uh, as of right now planning on taking a week off um and then i mean it, we're in kind of the you know now we've entered our usual summer lull but hey we're making enough money right uh the after that um we've got the new tarantino movies coming out uh we're gonna go see that and then probably talk about uh, we might have a big tarantino podcast coming up on 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 the crossover podcast um the boys is debuting on amazon prime which i'm gonna get I'm going to get everybody on the comic book side to check that out. And we're going to review that because it looks fucking interesting, Craig. And mm-hmm. then uh, Mac and I will be like, SummerSlam's in Toronto this year, Craig. So, oh. uh, the, yeah, the ACC's hosting a whole, uh, or the Scotiabank Center, I guess now it's called, is uh, hosting uh, a whole uh, WWE weekend. They got the, the NXT on the Saturday, and then SummerSlam's on the Sunday, and then Monday, Tuesday, they're doing uh, Raw and SmackDown. So it's a whole uh, Saturday to uh, a whole weekend of wrestling up here in Canada. So uh, Mac will be on to talk about that. And then right after that, Craig, we're getting we're, we're, it's almost September then, baby. Where you and I yep. are going to be doing football over unders. So uh, all right, yeah, good. Lots lots of stuff to look forward to on the crossover podcast. So uh, stay tuned and please listen to those uh, going forward. Craig Needles, thanks for coming out and and talking a little sports and bachelor art with me today. Good sir, glad to do so. No problem. Uh, take care, everybody, and talk to you next week. Also,